Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Number eight of the top 25 most interesting fantasy basketball players is Cade Cunningham. He had a very disappointing last year finishing early with injury, but I think that he is set to have a big season this year, just like I expected him to have a big one last year. Let's talk about it. Let's go! talking about G'day and welcome to the Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball Podcast. I'm your host, Mitch Casey, and you can find me on Twitter at Ball Boys Fantasy. And please do go and find me over on Twitter. It is very important this time of year and throughout the season that you are, first of all, just on Twitter. I mean, you don't necessarily have to follow me, but I'd recommend it. Follow me over there so we can uh, get all the news that's flowing fast. There's obviously lots going on at this start of the season, lots of things happening in the preseason games, training camps, news flying around. So head over to Twitter to get my fast and quick reactions to all things fantasy basketball. But today we are continuing off the top 25 fantasy basketball, most interesting players, most fascinating players, potentially the most impactful players for your team this season. And at number eight, we are talking about the third year point guard superstar Cade Cunningham. Now, Cade Cunningham is potentially a polarizing player in the NBA, but also in um, fantasy basketball circles. He's a guy that maybe gets a bit of a poor rap because he's not quite, uh, you know, in your face. He's a bit of a low-key kind of casual, cool, calm, collected um, kind of guy. And but he's really good at basketball, and he was the number one pick just a few seasons ago, and I think he's going to be really good. I thought he was going to be really good last season. Nothing really from last year's small sample size dissuades me from that. Uh, let me get this right out of the way. I am not worried about him being an injury-prone player. He had surgery uh, on his shin, which I believe from memory was a shin uh, stress fracture. The surgery was done in uh, hopes to prevent it from ever happening again. The Detroit Pistons will obviously, you know, use that advantage, use that time to maybe tank a little bit more the uh, that season because obviously they weren't going to be very good. Collect their assets. They got Asar Thompson, who I really like uh, in the draft because of it, and I think they're ready to go. I'm not worried about him being injury-prone. He had one injury. He had surgery. It was done in the mind of being a long-term focused um, operation. So I am pretty confident to for him to be healthy this season. So we're going to get stuck into Cade. But before we do, again, quickly reminder, if you're new to the podcast or if you haven't already, go and check out ballboysmba.com, my season guide for projections, rankings, for points and category leagues. My dynasty rankings are all over at ballboysmba.com. 
And as I'm going through all of these top 25, I'm, I'm doing some little tweaks and things here and there over on my projections. Nothing usually major, but it is always good to, when you're going through these particular players that have maybe a wider range of outcomes or a bit more factors to them, um, you know, taking these deep dives, it does help myself as well as I hopefully it helps you guys sort of, um, you know, figure out where exactly these players are going to land in each of the statistical categories and how confident we can be in drafting them at those spots. So go and check out ballboysmba.com and get the season guide now. Drafts are happening now and are coming up soon. So make sure, go and check that out. Let's talk Cade. He is obviously number eight on the most interesting players. He is 22 years old and his ADP is, uh, in my opinion... A little low, a little late. Um, so on Yahoo, he is ADP of 35.3. ESPN are falling asleep. He is uh, the uh, ADP of 54.1 over there. Fantrax, he is an ADP of 31.3. Now last year, if we just took it from a global perspective, he played the 12 games. Okay, so obviously played the first 12, then missed the rest of the season after getting that surgery done. And that was his, his year done, his second season just uh, just gone, um, which which does suck. Obviously, if you drafted him where he was, he was a bust. Did you could you predict the fact that he was going to have surgery after twelve games? No. So I don't think the thought process there was out of kilter, really. So in that twelve games, he played thirty three point three minutes per game. If we just use those twelve games, extrapolate it out for the entire season, he was the hundred thirtieth ranked player in nine category leagues. In minus one, he was the seventy first ranked player. So you can see a significant difference there. Obviously, when you punt the free throw, uh, the field goal percentage, uh, downweight the turnovers to twenty five percent, it dramatically changes our outlook. And in the Yahoo points league, he was the forty fifth ranked player. Now I know it's different to ESPN's points leagues, but even in that time. He outranked ESPN's ranking there, or ADP, in a point series. And even if you just copy and paste what he did last year, he could pretty comfortably beat what they have got him ranked over or where drafters are taking him over there in a points league, which I know ESPN is slanted more towards. So he is someone that does well across the board. Uh, obviously, the turnovers maybe affect his uh, nine category rankings, but you know my philosophy on valuing turnovers and using them as a way to um, rank players. It is a category that you can use to your advantage to win, but in terms of drafting players, especially in the early rounds, I don't really want to use it as uh, or, or you know weight it as much as the other categories when I'm evaluating those players, you know. Nicole Jokic, he turned the ball over 3.9 times per game. So he's still the best player in fantasy basketball. So I don't think that turnovers should be something that we hold Cade back uh, too much when we talk about his valuation. Now, we say he played 12 games last season. What we should actually be doing is saying that he played 11 games last season and in the final game, that 12th game, he was clearly hampered, clearly injured during that game. He only played the 24 minutes and it was immediately after that game that they started talking about the surgery and the stress fracture and things like that. So, what I have done. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Is I have gone over to his rankings and his statistics, 
And if we remove that one game, that 12th game where he only played 24 minutes, he put up four points, he shot one of 11. It was a terrible game by all imaginations, but he was clearly hampered. Obviously, the next, you know, that week he had surgery and his season was done, okay? So he wasn't just stuffing around. It was a serious injury, right? So if we remove that game, this is what his averages looked like. 21.4 points per game, 1.5 threes, 6.5 rebounds, 6.4 assists, 0.9 steals, 0.5 blocks, 43.2 from the field and 82.9 from the free throw line. He also did that in 34 minutes, so that gave him an extra minute per game. And his usage was 29.7%. So that's a very high usage. He has played a high usage role in his first two seasons. Year one, he was at 27.6%. Year two, he was up at that 29.7% usage. So he's a guy that has that, what we would call a heliocentric offense built around him. There's a few players in the NBA that have this kind of a role. Someone like a Trey Young, someone like a Luka Doncic. Um, You know, these guys in the past, not that he's doing it these past few seasons, but James Harden. Um, these superstar type players that are the bigger point guard that can score kind of um, archetypes, Cade fits into that type of, you know, parameters of a player. So, and he's early in his season, early in his career, he's playing with a high usage. And in my eyes, he's actually not doing as bad of a job as what sometimes, um, you know, people say he is. So if we just look at, again, when we go over to the next slide, what we're going to be looking at is a few different things. Now, first of all, we'll use those categories or that average as a baseline for what he can do last year, uh, this season. You look at those and you go, oh, yep, 21.5 points, 1.5 threes, 6.5 rebounds, 6.5 assists, nearly a steal per game, half a block. Um, the free, field goal percentage is poor, yes. The free throw percentage is excellent, the 83%. Those are all very good numbers, okay? So... If I just use that as a baseline for where he's going to be doing, and I think in particular when you talk about the rebounds, the assists, the steals, and the blocks, that's a very good starting point for us to go, okay, this is the template or the base of what Cade Cunningham can be. But I want to focus on two major categories that we're going to talk about on where I believe he can improve in. The first one I'm going to talk about here is field goal percentage. Field goal percentage is something we often see, and I've talked about this a few times on a few of these, um, you know, uh, most interesting players. Field goal percentage is something that we see improve year to year on these young players, in particular on the players that were early in the draft. So top picks, especially when they have a high responsibility, they're in that heliocentric um, offense where everything relies on them. The trend is, and I did this with, who, who was the other guy I did it with? I did it with Paolo. Obviously, I used some different players to compare to him, different type of players, some bigger, more physical forwards. Today, I want to use players that I believe you can sort of compare to Cade in a more similar kind of a way. So I've used players like Luke Doncic, uh, Anthony Edwards, and Devin Booker. I've taken what they did over their first three seasons in field goal percentage, and I wanted to plot it out to see what it got to and what we can expect for that to happen to Cade. So if we take Luca first, in his first season, he put up 42.6% from the field. He then went to 46.3%. Then in his third year, he was shooting 47.9%. Edwards, 41.8% rookie year, 44.1% year two, 45.9% year three. Again, improving every single season. Devin Booker, 42.3% to 43.2%. 
to 46.2%, or 46.7%, I should say. Again, improving every single year. So across the board, if I use those three players, again, it is small sample size, but I do think that these players can be a very good comp to a player like Cade and the responsibility that he will have on this Detroit Pistons team, like what these players had on their team. We saw an average of 2.3% increase from year one to year two, and the exact same 2.3% increase from year two to year three. So on average... Over the first two seasons, if we compare their year one to the year three, which is what we saw, uh, which, which will be what Cade is going into, we saw an increase of 4.6% to their field goal percentage. Now, if we look at Cade Cunningham, this gives me a decent range. So there's a few different ways I can take this. If we compare that to his rookie season, so again, his rookie season, he averaged 41.6% from the field. So we can either do one of a few things. We can either add the 4.6%, so that average from his rookie year to his year three. If we add that to his rookie season, that would give him a projected field goal percentage of 46.2% if he followed the same trend of these players. To me, that would be more the upper end of what I would expect from a Cade Cunningham. What we could do, again, another way to go about it, each year they, these players went up 2.3% per season. So if we just took what he did last season and added another 2.3% to that, um, we would get him to 45.5%. Again, using those numbers before he was playing that injured game, he averaged 43.2%. So if we did that, we would get him to 45.5%, which to me is about the average uh, production. Or what we could do if we were being really conservative, really generous, again, if we took his rookie season, which was that 41.6%, and those first 11 games, which was 43.2%, that was a 1.6% improvement for Cade. And if Cade, again, just did the exact same thing in terms of improving by 1.6%, that would get him to 46, sorry, 44.8%, Okay, which I believe should be a fairly achievable target for Cade to to reach this season. So to me, if I'm using my projections, I would give Cade's field goal percentage range of 44.8% to somewhere close to 46.2%. So you've kind of got that range. It's about a 1.5% uh, field goal percentage range. And obviously, this is over the course of the season. So weekly, you're going to have variations and all that sort of thing. But in a general rule, when we're looking at his projections, I've got a range for K between 44.8 and 46.2%, which, again, if you go up to 46.2%, his biggest knock on a nine-category league has been his field goal percentage on high volume. At 46%, you're really starting to get to the point where that's not a huge negative, and that is a really easy thing to handle. 44.8 is still, again, not too bad in my opinion. It's, it is a negative because, again, he's at high volume, but I don't think it's a dramatic negative that you can't handle. So that's what I'm using when I put my projections up. Again, if we just use the same usage that he had last season and I apply that to his um, you know, slight improvement, that to me in my projections gets him to about, where have I got him here? That gets into about 23.5 points per game. 
So an increase of two points per game from those first 11 games last season. And again, if he increases his field goal percentage, that also increases his three points, uh, three point volume or three pointers made as well, which were quite low to start the season as well. He had a very rough patch from three, especially to start last season. But again, we're just being very conservative. If we do that, his threes go up, his points go up, and obviously his field goal percentage goes up. So that's the first thing where I can see easy improvement. And again, Adding a 1.6% to field goal percentage from year three, some year two to year three, I think is very reasonable to ask of a player. Remember, he was a number one bloody pick. He was the best guy in his draft class. I had him at number one that year myself. I might take Evan Mobley now, but it's still quite close at this point. I think those two are both really big superstar level players. Um, so by no means if I soured on Arcade, I'm just... I've been more pleasantly surprised with Mobley and his uh, progression, especially on the defensive end. So I think that that is very reasonable for him to get close to that 45%. The next category, free throw attempt improvement. Superstars in the NBA get to the free throw line. Rookies often struggle to get to the free throw line. And when you're someone like Kay Cunningham, in his two seasons, he's averaged 83.7% from the free throw. In his second year, 84.5% from the free throws in his first season. This is going to be a big area. And if he can get to the line more, be a big improvement for him. So again, I use those same players, Luka Doncic, Anthony Edwards, and Devin Booker. Now, Luka kind of mucks this up a little bit because in his second season, he averaged 9.2 free throws up from 6.7. And then he goes back down to 7.1. But I left it in there because, again, progression isn't always linear. So it, it still works when we do this. Anthony Edwards, again, didn't improve much from year one to year two, but took a big jump up from year three, went up to 5.7, up from 3.9. Booker went up pretty uh, gradually from 3.4 to 5.7 to 6.1. So the average free throw attempt improvement from year one to year two was 1.5. From year two to year three was only up by 0.1. Again, that's more because Luca affects the numbers there because he actually went backwards. But overall, from year one to year three, the average free throw attempt rate was an increase of 1.6. So again, if we apply that to Cade's rookie season where he only attempted, only attempted 2.6 free throws per game, if we can get that up to 4.2 free throws per game, and again, he's someone that can shoot it at mid-80s percent, that is definitely something that can help improve his volume. So that would get him up to, what did I say, 4.2 free throw attempts. So if he can get the field goal percentage to 85, sorry, to 45, the free throw attempts up to 4 to 4.5 per game, he plays an extra minute per game, and he's simply healthy, That, to me, again, influences my rankings and my projections here. And again, in a 9-cat, he's top 40, if you really want to value those turnovers. In a minus 1, he's top 25, basically second round. And in a 8-category league, it's the same thing. He's top 25, basically second round. So he is someone that I think, when even when I've applied the most conservative projections and improvements for a player who was the number one overall pick in his draft year. He's obviously been affected by some injuries to start both of the seasons. Last year, he was cut quite short. You can easily see the potential for him to come out and have a big season this year. He has the overall fantasy game. The only thing really holding him back is the field goal percentage. The rest of his category value is actually a positive Last year, the only two negative categories was his field goal percentage and his turnovers. 
two of the most commonly improved upon things as rookies and second-year players going into their uh, upcoming seasons. So I feel extremely confident in those small progressions taking place. The rest of the things kind of at least bare minimum staying the same. And when you plug those numbers in with the rest of the, the league's projections, to me, he comes out as a pretty clear top 30 guy. I have no hesitations drafting him inside the top 30. You don't necessarily have to do that. Again, if we go back to that, uh, oops, not that one. If we go back to that first slide here where he was ADP 35, ADP 54, that's just garbage, uh, ADP of 31.3. Like, you don't have to go in the 20s or the early third round. You can get him late third, start of the, you know, start of the fourth sometimes, um, which to me is just crazy. I think this is a guy, again, when you're talking about points and assists and free throw percentage, guy who can rebound, he can block shots as a point guard, you know, 0.6.7 blocks per game, uh, get you a steal, he can hit three. He's, he was a good free uh, three-point shooter in college. I think that that comes back up. This guy is just, he's got it all. He's got it all. It's only the field goal percentage that's really holding him back. And I think, again, if we just apply that modest improvement, it comes up to something that's very respectable and very easy for us to handle, even if you are looking after all your categories, even if you value the turnovers, even if you're not punting anything. He's still someone that quite comfortably, to me, is a top 40 player just on a value point of view. You apply the improve or the um, increased urgency to get some of those points and assists, which are again more scarce as we go into the draft. I see no reason to really panic on drafting him around that pick thirty. And again, if you're punting the field goal percentage or you don't care about turnovers, um, which again I think probably is more the way to go. To me, he's easily a guy that you can draft inside. You could draft him at the second round. I don't think you have to. I don't think you des- definitely do. Again, if you go over to my rankings, he is inside the second round in my rankings over there. That does not mean you have to draft him there, but that's where I think he can return value at. And if you can get him in the third round, I think you've already started off your draft very well with um, some small upside at a player early in your draft. So those are my thoughts for Cade Cunningham. Again, I think it's very easy to see him putting up some big numbers and even if I wanted to, well, if I wanted to, I could get really crazy with the projections. I could say he's going to average more assists or more rebounds or the steals are going to come back up, but I haven't even done that just yet. All I'm focusing on is the free throw rate, the field goal percentage, um, and, and the minutes, really. Like, those are the three things I see just coming up a little bit. And I think that's all he needs to be- become, you know, a second round guy he could even have higher upside than that. So let me know what you think in the comments section below, guys. Are you in on Cade Cunningham? Do you think that you're going to fade him this year? Where do you see yourself drafting him when it comes to your fantasy basketball drafts? So he was at number eight. Number seven. We just talked about Cade Cunningham, who was a number one overall pick. I'm going to be talking tomorrow about another player who was a number one overall pick. There's still a couple left in the countdown, so you know, use them, use that to your advantage. This player, I think, for a lot of people, we're maybe—is oh, this going to give it away? Let's just say he's another number one overall pick, and I think that he has a supremely high potential. He comes with some risks. But again, if you're willing to take that on, he could dramatically swing the tail of your draft and your fantasy basketball season. That's all I'm going to leave it at. You guys will probably guess it. You guys are very good at that. But again, hit the subscribe button. Give this video a big thumbs up. Stay tuned for plenty more content coming up. And I'll see you guys next time. Bye.
save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. Get three pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.